I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Quake can't quake. The Zephyr is going to be pulverized like a Zendarian snail in a liquefactor. Discovery requires experimentation, and you think someone named Stoner would be a little more fun. We are talking Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 6, Adapt or Die. The AfterBuzz After Show starts right now. And of course, we've got the panel back together. We're not leaving anyone in this time jump. What's up, everybody? Hey. I love how we're all waving in silence. When I say everyone, I mean, of course, Katie Kawamoto is with us. Hi, Katie. Hi. I know I took a break last week, but I'm back. Excited to talk about this episode. So I I thought we left you on, on... in a different decade, but you're here back with us. I am. Yeah? I am. I found my to, way back. Glad to have you on board as you are going to be our empathetic feeler for the episode. You have the feelings. You know who doesn't have feelings? Christian. Christian Blatt has zero feelings. Definitely no feelings a whatsoever. That's Definitely why a That's why I pushed to leave Katie uh, back in the 70s with Enoch, but uh, nobody else agreed. So here she is. I'm only basing it on your haircut, Christian. I'm going to base it on your haircut. You stole someone's face for sure. (laughs) I mean, I had the the Ashton Kutcher, that 70s show, do for about six months. And uh, now, I don't know what this is, but... uh, Uh, No offense, even your hair wasn't Ashton Kutcher. And of course, we have Rachel Radner. You might know her as Rachel Goodman. Some people know her as, as... Lollipop, which is weird, but lollipop. Hey, I don't judge. I mean, I don't judge, Rachel. Lollipop's my real name. That's my legal name. Rachel was a nickname that I decided I wanted people to call me. So here I am. I'm very happy to be back. I am shipping Daisy and Daniel, as I kind of said last week, but this week more now than last week. Well, I want to get screen time on this show, so I'm still shipping Ted Ron and Daisy. So. Thank you. <laughs> and we will be going to you for all questions. And of course, if you don't know who Tehran is, it is I. I will be hosting. My stripper name is Barbara. In case you were wondering, all I do is talk comic book talk with all of you. As we're going to be breaking down this episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 6, Adapt or Die as Thus. First, we're going to talk about Nathaniel. Nathaniel Malik was a huge part of the show. We're going to talk about Nathaniel. Director Mac Glamore and his girlfriend meet the parents. Great parent escape. Parent trap. Mac's parents are more than meets the eye. So we're going to talk about that storyline, the Mac and his parents storyline. Colson and Meg need to get a room, which they do. Stoner is on board, how that got there. Colson goes on a date with Sybil. I don't care how you call it. Colson and Sybil go on a date. We're going to talk about that storyline. And of course, we have Daisy and Sousa are going home. Daisy and Sousa are locked up. So that's a third storyline. And then the last one is Deke getting ahead of himself. Simmons and Diana, her new best friend. And that storyline. So we get four separate storylines to which all coordinate into one amazing ending of the show. We also have our special segment, Agents of Should. What an agent should have done in a particular moment on the show, we have some news and gossip. Of course, you're going to want to stay tuned and quick predictions as we always bring you the truth before it happens. Let you know. Let's talk about the overall thoughts on this week's episode. Let's start with, I don't know, Christian. 
overall thoughts were that uh, they uh, made the 4th of July seem a lot less fun than even our 4th of Julys are going to be this year. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it definitely, here's the thing, you were talking about how Colson went on that date. I bet that's not the first date where he brought a duffel bag filled with plastic explosives. I think that the, usually that's, that's probably foreplay for Phil Coulson. Like, let me show you how I blow up a bridge. But I think there was some really good character stuff. And, uh, you know, a lot of questions about Daisy, questions about Coulson, you know, where they're at and how effective they're going to be going forward. Or is, uh, you know, is Coulson dead? Um, I'm not convinced, but only partially because I saw the commercial for next week. Even then, though, he could still be dead. So... Uh, I, but in general, I, I thought it was fun. And, uh, you know, what I learned is uh, from, from Max's story is if you go back in time and you make a decision to save the lives of your parents, just just don't. You know, it's not going to pay off in the end. That's be the like, lesson uh, you learned? Yeah, be like, they had a good run. You know, in my timeline, they were happy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I got to, I, I, I gotta you know, I got to just uh, cut them loose here. Because... If he had, then it would have been like, oh, and by the way, they're not dead because they're not real. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that's really the lesson here. Let your parents die if you go back in time. Imagine well, Back to the Future if you just <laughs> let his parents die. I have a lot of faith in what you say, Christian, because you know that Daisy and I will end up together. Uh, Katie, Rachel, we don't have time to hear what you guys think. Oh, We're going to okay. move on. Um, well, thank you. Okay, fine, fine. <laughs> Katie, well, if you don't believe Daisy and I will end up together, I'm less interested in your opinion, but would love to hear what your overall thoughts on this week's episode was. Uh, yeah, I actually really, I did enjoy this episode. I feel like we are starting to escalate more some of the stuff that we have been waiting to hear. The one thing that did upset me is we still did not see Fitz. I'm going to keep saying it until they bring him back onto the screen. I kept waiting for his name in those opening credits and didn't see it. So as far as that's concerned, I'm very much ready to see him again. But, you know, Coulson died again. So I'm curious to see how that goes. I, I liked it. I feel like it was definitely a filler episode. Like the, it's joining the beginning and the end of the season though. So like not my favorite episode yet. Rachel. Well, Barbara, uh, my I have to say I'm with Katie on the fact that we have not yet seen Fitz. This is episode six, and I'm I'm really sad because we're this is our last season. It is not like like even in the past seasons where, for example, when Gemma was taken by you know went through the monolith and she was gone, we saw her. You know, when we got twenty plus episodes in a, in the seasons where we weren't seeing one of them at first. So we had more time once they did come back into the picture, but we still got to see the other pair, even when one of them wasn't there. And this season, our final season, we haven't seen Fitz yet. I, I'm just very, I'm very sad about that. And I wish that, I wish that he would just have been like, even like Christian and I were talking about this before we saw the episode and we were, I know Christian, you said you were betting we were going to see him. And so was I. Well, even if it was I, I, last... I did, I did put the odds at a hundred to one. So oh, I, I yeah. wasn't, I wasn't that confident, but uh, I was hopeful. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, I'm, I'm very sad about that. Um, I did really appreciate the moments that we got with Colson and May. 
uh, where they kind of addressed their past without actually directly talking about it yet. But at least we got a little bit of closure. I don't think Coulson is dead, um, but I do think that that does call into question the fact that he knows he can't die because even if his physical LMD body disintegrates, that his mind will forever go on because they have a backup. Yeah, they got a stack of floppy disks like this big. So they, it says backup Coulson on it. So yeah, I think they'll be yeah. fine. Are they uh, I just want to jump the in for location? No, 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 no. It, it's it's like the Winklevoss twins and all of their Bitcoin. The passwords are spread in like 20 different banks throughout the country. Uh, Arkham O in the chat. I thought this was the best episode of the season so far. It was intense with great character moments and some twists and turns. I actually liked the Sousa and Daisy story. Well, you're not going to like Arkhamo anymore, uh, Tehran. Mainly because of the performances. I thought Sousa telling his story was some good acting. Also, Mac's parents being Chronicoms was a nice twist and heartbreaking for Mac. Mac and Daisy really had a tough time. Yeah, I, I think not a great day for Mac and Daisy. And even if he can come back, also <laughs> not a great day for Coulson. Well, Those for Mac, three had a bad day. Mac has definitely lost everybody you could lose. He's lost his girlfriend. He's lost his daughter. He's lost both his parents. I mean, Mac clearly has to be suffering some, some, from some form of PTSD throughout all the seasons. I did like at the end how Deke says, I kind of know what he's going through because he's the one who's also lost his whole world as well. It was, to me, it was actually one of the better episodes. I loved how fast paced it was. So much action, so many things happening, so many twists and turns. Colson talking to Sybil, Sybil being very open in response. Uh, Mac's parents ending up being Chromacons. All of these played for me. I played Stoner coming around after we all, all of us thinking Stoner was actually Hydra. All these things played, every single bit played, and it's made me definitely want to watch next week's show. And I, I want to even say Coulson's dead just to disagree with everyone, but of course he's not. That's his superpower. He doesn't yeah. die. Uh, Billy Jean, Billy Jean Girl 24 in the chat. Coulson is the Kenny of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He keeps dying, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real thing. Let's yeah. get to talk about Nathaniel Malik. Now, this is a very different Nathaniel that we've seen from the past and the one that existed in the original timeline, who was supposed to die. After being taken hostage and then let go and watching Quake's powers, he's become obsessed with becoming an inhuman. And now he has become sort of a doctor, a, a, a doctor of doom himself. What were your thoughts on Nathaniel Malik? So I loved the callback in this episode to Daniel Whitehall. We had heard that that's who Malik was actually. Uh, speaking with at the end of episode five. So we knew that this is where this was headed. Um, but the callback in the sense of what Whitehall did to Daisy's mother um, back, you know, I think it was season two. Um, and just kind of calling back to that and that performance, I think as um, they had mentioned in the chat uh, between Daisy and Daniel and Daniel in general, and anyone who hasn't watched Agent Carter, Daniel Whitehall was, you know, as Reinhardt, he was also in Agent Carter as well. So it was a callback to that show. And um, so I was definitely here for all of that. And, um, but, but Nathaniel Malik as a character seemed kind of not, he didn't seem like the strongest villain to me. So I kind of sensed that he was going to try what Whitehall did 
But then as soon as he, as soon as Mal, as soon as Nathaniel took the powers that his body would not be able to survive it. Katie? Uh, I wrote that he was creepy in my notes because he did give me this really creepiness that you weren't sure, you knew he would do his own thing, but you weren't sure what, what direction it would go. And he just, yeah. It would, I wouldn't say he wasn't a good villain, but I wouldn't say he was a bad villain at the same time, just kind of in the middle. I don't think he thought everything through with the whole, like kind of what Rachel was saying with, yeah, you have her powers, now what? You kind of have to prep your body for a transition of power like that. So maybe not the smartest guy. So. Christian. Uh, yeah, uh, in the chat, Ivan Soto uh, completes uh, Tehran's thought that uh, Nathaniel becomes Dr. Mengele, essentially, experimenting on, on, on humans and uh, inhumans. And um, I think it'll be interesting because the way that was left was, you know, that his bones couldn't handle the uh, quake power. So I think we're going to see in either next episode or possibly, you know, a couple weeks, what happened to him because he did this. I, I, I suspect it didn't kill him because otherwise we would have seen that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess this means that uh, did Daisy have her powers taken away? In uh, which case, um, I I don't know. I I I I always have a big problem with being able to take abilities away without killing someone. You know, um, it's it's one of many 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 put a hundred more many's in there problems with X Men: The Last Stand was the idea that you could take their powers <laughs> away and and that there's that they're still alive. So uh, you know, I, I I think that was problematic. Uh, I I lost the comment, but somebody in the chat said that uh you know this was more of a transition episode than a, a filler just because so much happened uh i have to agree that uh you know daisy losing her powers at least theoretically losing her powers uh which by the way if you do refer back to that at the very end you realize that magneto actually still does have at least a little bit of his power so we'll see what happens with her um and uh ivan soto saying that we saw nathaniel dead i i i don't believe that i saw that i saw him Did collapse he? and he said well, his bones hurt but I, I don't think he like died, died. And on this show, even if you hold the funeral for somebody, it doesn't mean they're dead. So I assumed he had died. I don't think that we saw him, but he did collapse. I'm assuming he's done. I do not expect to see Nathaniel again. With a, you know, We don't have that many episodes left. I do think we're going to see Gideon. I think he's going to make an appearance because we, uh, yeah, I don't think we're done with him. He might be the next guy who tries to uh, you know square off with them. It just seems kind of anticlimactic if that's the only time we see him a little bit. Like, oh, wait, we build this up as his villain, and then all of a sudden he's gone. I think that would be the only problem I have with it. It is just dead. tells you what that actor's day rate was, that they're like, <laughs> no, nah, we don't need him back. It's fine. <laughs> he's dead. It's interesting Christian brings up the, the actors and the day rate, because I think of things like that at times when I watch the show. And this episode, <laughs> I think um, Chloe Bennett definitely won because she said all of half a word. So no. she got to... <laughs> Like, what's the script? Look, got it. You, you, you want a little really quick, I know it's a tangent behind the scenes stuff. If in the coming, if in the recap of a show you're watching, you see a character that you haven't seen for a while, they are definitely in that episode because they're getting paid for being in the recap. So there you go. That's one to grow on. That is definitely the way it works. I would say that the, I, I think Nathaniel, I enjoyed him as a villain because of how vicious he did come off. I can see him not being um, villainous enough. That's because he doesn't think he's a villain. He's he's 
not even supposed to exist. He's supposed to have already been dead. I really liked when he took the powers. I agree with Christian. If you're going to take powers, the person should die. If it should be part of who you are. When he starts saying, my bones are breaking apart. And then, you know, he can't control the power. He's shaking the entire place. And the lumber falls on him. I really like that scene. I did not like Daisy waking up and not having powers because of whatever he injected in her. Yeah. I don't think that's there's that suppression factor should be a thing. So we see that come to play a lot. It's an easy writing trope or, oh no, I was injected with something that's suppressing my powers. Well, if that's the case, why can't we do that more often? Why can't we suppress powers? What happens to that energy? What happens to whatever that... I'm already suspending disbelief by saying you have powers that don't make uh, any sense in the physics world. Now you're saying I can shut them off with an injection. And also, are we going to forget Daisy hid the piece of glass inside her hand? Are we going to just act like that never happened and ripped it out? And Susan rips it out. It's like, maybe you have fight left in you. Yeah, but not any blood. Her hand should have been just gushing. About <laughs> just gushing. True. Sure. I, just, I chose uh, to believe it. <laughs> it I, yeah, I suspended this. Yeah, I, I was fine with it. I was like, whatever. Let's. I was more worried that they weren't going to get out of there, and I knew that. I knew that um, Daisy wouldn't die because hopefully they will not kill off a main character in the final season. Hopefully, um, but I'm they killed assuming, off Colson. Well, he's coming back. That's not yeah, the. That's <laughs> yeah, and, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I was assuming they wouldn't kill her off considering it's last season. And um, But that was my worry is that they were somehow she was going to actually die. Um, going back to what Christian said, because usually like I, not, I think it makes more sense um, from a storytelling, storytelling standpoint. If they are going to take your powers, the person who has, who has these powers ripped for them probably should die um that's i mean not that we want them to but it makes more sense that way and there's more at stake um so that's what i was worried about that they were hinting at the fact that daisy was going to die um also her her mom when daniel whitehall did this to her she really only survived because of her power which was the regeneration and was regeneration exactly. exactly that's why daisy to me it doesn't make sense that she would survive doesn't make sense. And I'm talking, even if I break a nail, I'm ready to die. So if you strip <laughs> my powers, I, I feel like, I feel like I agree. It should be, there should be some type of consequence. Daisy and Souza escape. What did you guys think about that escape? And also, are we, are we on board for, for Souza and Daisy? I am totally on board. Okay. Well then Rachel's off the panel. <laughs> who, else, who else has an opinion on this, on this matter? You know, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm team Tehran and Daisy all the way. Thank you, I mean, Christian. Here's here. Okay. Can I say this? Chloe what, Rebecca, Bennett. I'm so sorry. Chloe, I always forget your name. What is Barbara, Barbara, <laughs> Chloe, Chloe Bennett and Tehran and Daisy and Daniel. Fair enough. No, <laughs> no. Cause Chloe Bennett has terrible taste in men. Yeah, I don't want, I don't She's want like Chloe. Logan Paul or Jake Paul. So no, yeah, I don't want, no, Lo no, no, no. I don't want Chloe. <laughs> I yeah. want Daisy. Daisy's the love of my life. And so, here, <laughs> listen, replaceable Radner, let me explain something to you, okay? Let me explain something. Um, I, I, but honestly, are we all on board for Souza and Daisy? And uh, is that where they're, where they're headed? Um, I'm going to argue yes, that is where they're headed. And not just because I want them to be there. 
But because of the fact that at the end of the episode, they had Daniel literally sitting next to Daisy. Deke isn't even sitting in there. Deke like comes in and leaves. Daniel is sitting there and Gemma says to him, you know, are you sure you can leave now? Daniel literally looks over at Daisy and says, I'm exactly where I belong. Mm. I think they're they're hinting yeah. at it. Yeah. I, yeah. I hope they I kill think... him. I hope he does. <laughs> yeah, I I do think that that is their intention is to ship those two. I still as much as I love I love Deke and Daisy, I understand why they're not together, but I'm still a little bit sad about that. But I do but I do think that's where the show is going with towards just the two of them. So. I could be okay with the Deke Daisy. I could be okay. Yeah. Deke to me, I feel like Deke and Daisy is a thing. I just, I, I, I don't know. Susa pops up and now that's going to be the thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's nothing worse than, you know, we know that Deke is from what, 200 years in the future. So imagine being cuckolded by a guy who was born 300 years before you. You know, he sweeps in <laughs> and steals your girl. And you're like, come on! I gave her lemons and everything. Lemons, but, uh, bro. Yeah, that and I, I think that uh, I think that the interesting thing is for Daniel Souza, who considered himself Peggy Carter's mm-hmm. consolation prize to Steve Rogers. Now, Daisy would be the consolation prize to Peggy Carter. Who I love, Daisy. But come on, you hurt, know, that's people a, you're hurt settling. People. Hurt people. That's hurt people. Okay, here's that's the thing. why I'm here to hurt people. This is what I was thinking. If poor Daniel Souza could not end up with Peggy, because I did ship them, I just ship Peggy and Steve Rogers more. But I did ship, like watching Agent Carter, I really did want Peggy and Daniel to be together when I thought that Peggy couldn't be with Steve. But now that things have changed, now I'm like, no, Daniel should be happy and why not be with Daisy? You know what? It's 2020. Why couldn't Daniel just be with Steve? Thank okay, you, he could be with so, Steve too. Come on. <laughs> so, so they get back on the ship, they make it home. That's storyline, that storyline's out of the way. It wasn't one of my favorites simply because of how little it played. I feel yeah. like it could have played a lot more. They played the other two storylines extremely well. Let's go to the Colson May being caught coming off last episode's storyline. What were your thoughts on Colson and May in the interrogation room? Katie. In the interrogation room. So I watched both episodes this week. Which part was the interrogation room again? Colson and May are being interrogated by Stoner and the other agent comes in and takes Stoner away. But basically the concept is they, they are expressing to Stoner that he's no longer in control, that there are Chromacoms. Yes. And, and and they're handcuffed. Yeah. So when they're trying to say that we're we're helping you and these are bad guys, uh, I do. I I love whenever we get to see a, a Melinda and Colson scene because just naturally their chemistry is there even if they're not having a romantic scene. So being able to see the two of them team up again and for the greater good, I just love it. I love they make a good team, and I do wish maybe they had let people in on their plan or told some people before a little bit. I feel like the long, the more that they try to withhold information, it makes them do steps that they wouldn't have had to do if they had just told people to begin with. I feel like they're taking extra steps that they wouldn't have needed to. So, but they're great. I mean, they work well together. And, and then we got to also see some more fighting in this episode too, by the way, because we've kind of have been a little bit low on the action scenes, I feel like, 
compared to past seasons. So this season, I'm glad we also got to see see everybody kick some more ass. We did yeah, get long, to see them. Yeah, as long as you don't like uh, quake effects, because uh, the uh, season has been very light on those. Yeah. And we may never see them again if she had her powers taken away. True. Um, and I have to apologize to the rest of the panel that, you know, I told, I mentioned last week that I had uh, ordered us those uh, those sweet shield blue jumpsuits. They haven't come <laughs> in yet. They're back ordered. I'm hoping we have them in time for the series finale. I'll, I'll keep everybody posted. Uh, so it was hard for me to concentrate on that scene at first because I've just how much I want that jumpsuit or one of them. <laughs> But uh, I think I think it is great to see this permutation of May and Coulson, especially the way it kind of plays out where she's just like, that'll ah, be fine because, you know, you're you're going to come back. You always do. But then we see late in the episode just the realization of, oh, uh, you know, he might not come back. And even so, this really isn't him. So at some point she's going to have to try and actually deal with her own feelings about the fact that, I mean, he's just gone gone her colson will never be back so just some approximation so yeah i thought uh, that was some great stuff and how many times have we seen phil colson uh make the ultimate sacrifice for us the viewer uh so uh i thought uh i, I thought it was very characteristic of him even though of course it's a it's actually an approximation of him you know this this version this lmd uh chronicom version of him See, our, I feel like our LMD, Rachel, please, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this version of him is just as real as any other actual Coulson iteration we've seen. And I think that's kind of, to me, what I picked up from May is that she finally understood, because um, she said, I can only mourn you so many times. And I think she finally understood that now, no matter what happens, he will most likely be coming back and that she will see him again. And I think this kind of opened up you know, another, this kind of opened up like a way for her to heal. And I just really feel like um, she's going to come when, you know, Coulson does come back. If he has, if his body has been destroyed or the LMD body, I should say, or if maybe it wasn't destroyed, but either way, when he comes back again, um, they'll be able to pick up from where they left off. You know, I like the interaction in the interrogation room where, May puts down her wall because Coulson, the LMD, pushes her on, why are you being like this? I don't have, you can't feel me, but I can't feel you in return. And May says, because I lose you every time and I mourn you and I'm tired of it. And so I'm not going to do the same thing as in I'm not going to get close to this version of you because I know I'm going to lose you and have to mourn. And of course, that was a foreshadow for what happens. We also get um, May using her powers very much in this episode in two defining scenes. First with the, the shield agent that takes Stoner down to the basement and secondly with Mac's parents using her power to realize that they're Chromacons. May and Coulson go to the rescue of Stoner. What were your thoughts on that part of the episode, Replaceable Radner? I loved it. I love the fact that they saved him. I've actually come to like Stoner as a character yeah. Uh, even though he's had his moments where we did not know if he was going to do the right thing, but I've come to like him and I was very happy when they stepped in just in time to grab him. And it was really funny to me too, when they grabbed him from that, you know, you know whatever that table and he literally jumped up and he's like, I believe you, I believe you. I was like, okay, he's on their side now. Um, I, I really hope that wherever the rest of the team has gone, 
we, I mean, we don't know yet. We have a hint that um, two specific characters have gone to the 80s, but I hope that wherever the rest of the crew goes on the Zephyr, that they do end up seeing Stoner again at a later time. Oh, and he's uh, still carrying a torch for Melinda May. I thought that uh, her <laughs> reaction when she actually got all of his emotions was like, whoa, all right, that's a, that's a lot of man right there, Stoner. So uh, yeah, I, I thought it was great. I like... The same moment that you referenced, Rachel, that was my thought. I'm like, I'm, yeah, that's, let's not waste the time. He's like, he's a he's a man of shield and, you know, you give him a really far-fetched story, but then he sees that they tried to steal his face and all of that. And he's like, oh yeah, I definitely believe you. I'm on board now. And uh, I thought uh, I thought it was great. I liked seeing how that all played out. And uh, I am also convinced we will get more of Agent Stoner, uh, if not next week, in the very near future. That's what you said about Fitz. Katie, can we ask you what you think? Uh, first of all, I was really excited to see that Patrick Warburton was in the episode because I, I wasn't here last week and I do love him. And every time I see him in a show, it just adds some sort of just makes me smile. And I did like his arc a lot in the sense that it sometimes you don't under believe everybody at their word, which I think is smart in this show. You don't want to just believe what people say because things happen. But when you finally see that proof, and then it clicked and you know most people are going to see that proof and turn around and so i do like that we got to see the redemption of him being like hmm, all right sorry y'all that was my bad and that's a pretty freaky thing to go through so i think anybody would want to side with them after something like that happened i mean i don't want my face like oh, my my memories planted on a robot i mean speak for <laughs> yourself <laughs> Also, Thank it was you. really creepy seeing the faceless bodies that were just sitting on the side of the room. I it mean, was- I, I, I feel like it would be an improvement for me. So uh, you, you ladies can feel however you want about it. Uh, Christian, that's true. So <laughs> the concept is, of course, Patrick Warburton is a very likable person. We enjoy Stoner. I like how we were being set up to think that Stoner was possibly a part of Hydra. And it seems that he's not at this moment. So the feeling that May got last week in the previous episode was simply that he did not believe them, even though he was misleading them or guiding them that he did. But in this episode, we realized once faced with the truth, it took him no time to realize that it was true. And he was very much on board because he's very much uh, responsible for S.H.I.E.L.D. and a good person. At least that's how it's playing out as we speak. So... We also get Coulson uh, going down even further below by making the connection that uh, the Chronicom said, we're going to bring them up. He goes down and finds basically the headquarters or lair of the Chronicons. They're all in pods, ready to be awakened and given orders. Coulson goes in and starts speaking to Sybil, the predictor. And we see Sybil in the beginning of the episode as the Chronicons are not happy with her assessment of the plan. And yet she basically puts aside their worries by saying the plan is correct directly on board. We are overwhelming the S.H.I.E.L.D. people. What do you think about Sybil and the conversation ultimately that Sybil and, and, and Coulson have, Christian? Well, my first thought was uh, get a room, but then I realized they had gotten a room and it was just a virtual room, kind of like what we're doing right now. But uh I think I, I, I think it's interesting how the, the Chronicoms are speaking to this Coulson that they're like, look, you're going to come around at some point. 
because you're not real. You're not human. You're not a real boy, Pinocchio. So I think that uh, it's interesting that uh, it means that she had no idea what he was about to do, but also there's still the little nagging feeling of like, or did she, and she knows he's going to be back because, uh, you know, just that sort of self-awareness. So I think it'll be interesting to see them interact again. Uh, I, uh, as I referenced earlier, you know, he, he is, was, you know, he was d- definitely a Boy Scout back in the day because he's be prepared for anything. Always have as much plastic explosives as you possibly can fit in a bag because you never know when you're going to have to blow yourself up and everybody around you. Yeah. So uh, good for you. That's, you get a very special merit badge for that, Phil. Rachel. I don't trust her. I mean, obviously, um, I, just, I don't, the, the, the conversation it obviously wasn't going in Colson's favor anyway, but I feel like, you know, the way that Christian kind of is saying too, that Sybil probably knows already what was going to happen. That's the problem is that it feels like the, it feels like the Chronicons are going to be very hard to beat because they literally like time is their power. They know the future and the past. They know what's going to happen. So I feel like she might've been playing that down and maybe maybe her, um, she didn't really want to give like a poker face that she knew what was happening. So she kind of just reacted more like she was kind of in shock when Colson gave her the big reveal. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now with her and with the Chronicons. And um, I, I mean, obviously this is, this is seasons, this is their final season. So there has to be some kind of resolution, but I, I don't think that S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to beat them. Katie. I think she she thinks that she knows everything is going to work out and she has no doubt in her mind. But I, I feel like she thinks, sees things very literally and doesn't see how many different aspects could go wrong and how many different ways that S.H.I.E.L.D. can, can come back at her. So I, I feel like her end game might cloud her sense of judgment going into the future. And Coulson and her think very similarly in some ways, and they just come at it in different angles. So they kind of complement each other. I think it takes one to know one kind of thing. Coulson understands her and is able to also know where she's going by that conversation. I think he learned more than we know he learned. So. Well, he might've learned a lot, but he blew up. So (laughs) unless unless his LMD consciousness is transferred somehow to a home base of LMD technology that doesn't exist regardless. Yeah. Uh, how would they know? I do think the conversation was extremely pertinent. I do, on the other hand, believe Sybil. I think Sybil was very open and honest. Her arrogance or that hubris is, is going to be their biggest weakness. Colson brings up three differences. What are those three differences? Sacrifice, we will never give up, and Colson. Colson hasn't feared death in a long time. Those are the three differences that he explains and expresses. So we get this. Colson, of course, self-sacrificing once again, going with May, going back to the ship. So now we have Daisy and Sousa. They're at home. May, she's at home on the ship. We have two more storylines to get through. The the last powerful storyline is, of course, Mac and saving his parents. Going into the base, 
doing the transparent, very predictable thing, saving his parents, getting them out. And we get that awkward moment when they meet each other for the first time and Mac hugs his mom. What did you think about that, Katie? I felt in that moment, we, we, saw, we did see a side of Mac. We're, we're used to seeing Mac be very professional be very by the book. And in that moment, we saw a little bit of his emotions get the best of him mm. and see that little bit of a vulnerable side. And I do enjoy when we're able to see those different dimensions because we are starting to, to deep in, delve into the emotional side of pretty much every single character this season. And I, it, it broke me a little bit, honestly, because I felt that it was not gonna end well just from that moment and the way that he acted, I, I was worried about how, how he would act later if things didn't go his way. And I felt it foreshadowed a little bit. Yeah, it was so. very tough. Rachel. Yeah. See, I wasn't, I didn't really pick up on the fact that they could have been Chronicons from the gate, but I sensed like you, Katie, that something was off. Mm -hmm. And my biggest worry was, okay, so you get them out of here and you get them back home. Who's to say that the Chronicons don't go back after his parents again now that they've already seen too much or no, you know, like just because of after this experience, I feel like his parents, even if no one was after them, they probably would have been watching their backs for the rest mm -hmm. of their lives um, just because of how traumatic this was. So um, when we got the reveal that these were Chronicons and not his real parents anymore, it it broke my heart for Mac because I know what he's gone through. We watched him lose his daughter after being in the framework and literally believing he had a daughter and then he had to give her up um, after actually losing a daughter. Um, it's just, this is someone who's already been through so much heartbreak that it really pained me to have to see him fight not only his father, but then his mother. And then that moment at the end where he literally, like he knows she's a Chronicon, but she looks at him and says, you know, please, and like begs for her life. And this is the face of his mother. And he has to, he has to like go against his better judgment, the judgment that sees his mother and actually push her off the ship. I can only imagine what that would be like for a person to have to do that to someone who acts and looks exactly like their parent. Yeah, as someone who's actually had to do that to their parent, let me tell you, it's <laughs> it's, it's not as hard as you think. One time, you know, I had to push I'm not my mom surprised. off a carnival cruise into the water, and I was like, and she was like, "Real?" And I was like, "Yeah, you know, we yeah, get a discount." I, I, I had to do basically the same thing to Patty Duke's identical cousin, <laughs> and uh, it still doesn't feel right. But uh, to Rachel's point, there's that, and then there's also watching your girlfriend snap the neck of the representation of your father, even though you know it's not really him. But the visual is watching your girlfriend snap his neck. And uh, just wanted to uh, a comment from earlier that I saved from Jenna James in the chat. The actor who plays Mac, that's Henry Simmons, conveys that quote, big man, big heart thing very well, empathy. I think he's always done a great job of that. And uh, you know, like the, the fact that he just, as soon as they end up in their next jump, he's like, yeah, I just got to clear my head for a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I thought that all of this was good. And I, sometimes I think it's an asset that I'm so dumb. I had no idea that his parents weren't his parents. I didn't think anything was fishy. I was just like, oh yeah, they'll just drop him off wherever. And so when May said that, I'm like, I knew she was right. And I'm like, oh man, you know, that's, uh, I, I just didn't see that coming. And uh, it was, 
I thought it, 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 you really feel for the guy because as we've already talked about, it's just all the things that he's lost uh, throughout the run of the series. So, um, you know, I expect, even though, you know, this is the last season, I, I feel like we're, we're not done dealing with this yet. You know, I think as, as soon as next week, this will still be something that he's trying to work through. And I agree with uh, Jenna. I think he did an amazing job of uh, conveying all that to us. I wonder if he goes and looks for his family just to see what does happen to them now that they're being raised without parents. Remember, there's there's a couple boys here that now we're supposed to have a picnic that's clearly stuck out in his mind where he remembers exactly what they did for this bicentennial. And now none of that goes down and the Chromacons actually say, well, we took care of them a long time ago. Yeah. We get this vulnerability in Mac, this teddy bear, big bear, grizzly bear, this big man with the heart of gold. So getting to see him and, and watching Yo-Yo, for example, listening to stories about Mac as a boy and then Mac going, you know what I heard makes boys come out of their shells? The ones who act really serious, ATVs and all these things. Because how would one act if they went back and saw their family and saw their, their parents, the people who we look up to our whole lives as human beings? It's just very difficult to watch Mac have to go through this. And of course, him throwing his mother off of that plane and basically to her death was so great to watch. Loved that scene. Loved watching her. Like that was the best. He like throws his dad out and then he throws his mom out. It's like, sheesh, what more can we put this character through? Mac has been through it all. Um, I do think, I did want to point out something uh, and we'll get into this a lot more when we talk about Deke and Simmons because that's the last storyline. And even though it was the weakest, there is a significance there that's going to play back, I feel like. Uh, people, once again, just just ishing on Deke. Just Deke messes up. It's like, oh, I'm so annoyed with you. Everyone else, no one else treats Mac like he's the director except for Deke. No one ever, everyone piles on poor Deke. Deke, of course, makes the move of, of uh, incapacitating Enoch when yeah. he sees Enoch fidgeting with Simmons's neck with this apparatus. He has no idea what it is. It does look like Enoch is doing something extremely shady. Enoch is a Chromacon. I mean, there's a lot that goes on. And then Deke has to apologize at the end. What are your thoughts on the Deke, Simmons, and Enoch storyline that's them on the ship for the whole time? Let's start um, with Christian. Well, I liked that, uh, you know, his his grandma made him apologize to Enoch. And what did you say to Mr. Enoch? But I also <laughs> love that uh, his, Enoch's response of just, this is the, you know, the most wonderful thing I could ever be told, that he's an important part of their family, uh, even though they haven't treated him like it. Uh, I thought uh, I thought it was interesting because uh, Deke responded in the way that made the most sense of like, yeah, Enoch is this uh, outsider. We really don't know that much about him. And, you know, it, it looks like he's doing something to hurt his grandmother. So obviously, you know, you grab the paddles. He didn't shoot him. He just shocked him, you know. And I think that, uh, you know, again, it, it, it is sort of uh, somewhat insignificant in the grand scope of the episode. But I think it is important character work because we're really getting the sense. And we talked a little bit about this last week of just 
you know, what's happened to Gemma between seasons, you know, now we see her, or I guess it was before the finale of, of last season, you know, so how long she's been, you know, and and all of this. And I I do find it, uh, I I don't know, I, I watching them explore this a little bit more of what has actually happened to her and what she willingly did, I, I think is going to be very interesting. I was convinced that Gemma was a Chronicon up until they explained that chip. Because here's the thing is that, you know, with Colson, they literally uploaded his memories into an LMD body. Who was to say they couldn't have just done that with Gemma? Now, granted, we've seen that that isn't really the case as far as we know, that it is just Diana, the chip. Um, But I did really appreciate that we got more information. I think we needed it. Um, I'm still upset about Fitz not being in the episode. I I don't know. I'm wondering if maybe he's either on the ship somewhere hiding and he's just going to pop out next episode or if maybe he's just been tailing them the whole time. And that's why it's such a challenge to um, for Gemma. And she really needs this chip because otherwise, like, I feel like, I feel like maybe she does know, she, she would know something that just by kind of knowing enough, she'd understand exactly what he was doing, which makes me think that he literally was just following them or is following them and just kind of doing something else behind the scenes. And we're going to find out when we actually get to see him. Katie. I, the relationship between Simmons and Fitz and Deke, I find it very a, a different a de- different depth than the we're used to them seeing that they're all a family in the sense that they all work together they see each other's family but we don't have any other actual family relationships in the show and that's where we get that little bit of a difference between Deke and just the amount of respect that they have for each other and care for each other as if he cares for everybody we know that but it's different now is he doing it because he doesn't want to fade from existence? I don't think so. I think he genuinely is like, this is my grandma. I'm going to treat her with respect, just like I would any other family, because she's the only actual family that he still has. So Hmm. it's just a beautiful dimension. And to see that side of Deke is my favorite side of Deke, to see the amount of care that he puts into the relationships with everybody that that are important to him. So, yeah. I hate that they all, you know, dog on him all the time because i actually have loved deke since the beginning so yeah yeah they kind of dog on him they dog on him i love deke i don't know uh we'll see how that plays out Well, i do believe katie that's because you've always had a thing for guys who drink zima and i think that's really you can't see past that and that's actually something yeah that's actually that's actually a a lot of people don't know when you're a zima (laughs) sexual that's actually a thing (laughs) that's actually a thing i think that the way it played out it did make sense for deke uh i do also think that Gemma had a grandmother moment with Deke at the end when she basically is vulnerable and confides in him. That was more than just, I'm telling you something, Deke. It was more like, Deke, we are family, so let me express how I really feel. You're the closest I can to Fitz. I would, it would be very interesting if Fitz is on board the ship. That would actually be a great plot twist if Fitz is there the whole time, but we can't because he's in a different plane but hidden somewhere on the ship so that he's always safe. We'll find out more as we get into next week's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We end this episode with uh, Matt getting off the ship when they jump. Coulson's already, of course, dead. Matt gets off the ship. He needs some air. Deke goes after Mac after a little bit of time. 
And as he goes after Mac, we get a frantic call. We're about to jump, and the ship jumps. Mac decides the worst time to play I Can't Hear You. So we'll find out how that plays out next week. Let's play our special segment, Agents of Should. What is something that an agent should have done on this episode, Christian? Um, Mac should have pushed his parents out of the plane last week. Saved everybody a lot of heartache. <laughs> I know I essentially said that before, but uh, that's how strongly I feel about it. Okay. Uh, Megan, Katie. <laughs> you do um, look like a Megan, it's true. No, 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 Megan, Megan is, listen, Rachel, ever, until she recognizes that Daisy and I are meant to be together, <laughs> she has no actual identity, okay? She is anyone but whatever her name is, okay? Okay, Barbara. So, Katie. Uh, I thought that Simmons should have let Deke know sooner. It, it would have saved her a lot of trouble that she would have made, not, not as lost as much precious time. And because it's his family, I think it would have also been another way for them to bond. But I get why she didn't, but I still think maybe she should have. She should have. So, you know what's even worse? The reason I threw Megan, I couldn't think of another R name. Think of, <laughs> Rebecca, Rebecca, <laughs> Rebecca, please. I couldn't think of an R name to save my life, by the way. To save Rihanna. <laughs> That's yeah. all right. Definitely That's not a... Rihanna. Christian, apologize for that. Please. Ryan. That's true. Ryan, true. Ryan is a girl's girl. name or can yeah. be. Yeah. Ryan. Oh, or any name could have been a, a, a girl's name. I literally sure. couldn't think of a name. Robert. Like yeah, I couldn't think of those Roberta? names at a moment. Yeah. yeah. So, please, replace my moment. Yes. Agents of so, Yes, um, agents of should. I said this last week. I'm going to say it again because it ties in. Daisy and or Daniel should have been keeping a better watch so that Nathaniel did not sneak up on them and grab them. It would have prevented exactly what happened in this episode with Daisy having her power stripped. And we don't, I mean, I'm assuming that she may not be able to quake again. I mean, we don't know yet, but the whole thing could have been, like Nathaniel to me is not that bad of a guy, is not that bad of a villain in the sense that he's bad, but I don't think he's really that good at what he does. Um, he, they could have prevented that from happening. But you so, forget how cool her phone was. The fact that she could, uh, <laughs> it was very distracting to show off the phone. It was. Um, I'm gonna go with actually, since Batman rules don't apply and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D often kill people they should have killed nathaniel they should have made sure that he was dead as they walked out that's definitely where i've i've been uh very upset that quake hasn't been quaking this episode or anything this season so now that she's lost her power we haven't even seen you use your power you might as well have not had a power to begin with but then as we <laughs> walk out we didn't take any steps to to finish off nathaniel i think that's going to come back and bite them in the butt going to news and gossip now this is what gets to play. We are looking at a final season. Are we going to get fits? We're not the only ones who are wondering this. We get our good friends at Cinema Blend who also are wondering about Fitz. Fitz is obviously a character who everyone loves. So we are all wondering the same thing. Where has Fitz been? Concept is Fitz is possibly working on a different show. Hasn't been as much in this episode. Cinema Blend plays a great article. You might want to take a look at that. Screen Rant also has a great follow-up to that. So please, let's find out. Let's, let's start hashtagging Fitz and try to bring him back. And let's jump into predictions, shall we? Uh, one line about a prediction of what can happen, what will happen. Let's start with, uh, I can't think of another R name, Radner. 
Daisy and Daniel, period. Okay, done. we're done. We're done with you. I never want to hear from you again. Please, you're removed. <laughs> removed Radner. Removed Radner. Uh, Katie. Uh, Deke's mom is actually Fitzsimmons. That's actually his parents, not his grandparents. Ooh, that would Diana, make Diana, I'm pretty sure oh, it's his that. mom's name. He said his name, mom's name was Diana, I believe. So I think her real name, she's going to forget her real name and she's going to go by Diana. Oh, wow. wow. That's, that's a good play. Christian. You're so much smarter than I am. Uh, and by the way, in the chat, Kevin Seeley mentioned that Diana the Chip is the name for Elizabeth Henstrich's engagement ring. So that's where the name Diana came from. Wow. That's so how nice you are when you can name your engagement rings, bro. That's, <laughs> that's real well. Uh, so um, my prediction, yes. so much awesome 80s music next week. I'm going to love it. That's a great prediction. And of course, mine is that Daisy and I will be happily married forever <laughs> and ever. That is a great prediction to have. Let's find out. I, want, I wonder if Matt goes back uh, goes back and sees what happened to his family. We'll see what happens till then. Let's until then. Where can people find you if you want to be found? Everyone but Rachel. Everyone but Rachel. Christian, where can people find you if you want to be found? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ and Thursday morning specific time, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, over on Popcorn Talk for Marvel Movie News. Where yes, we usually do talk a little bit about Agents of Shield, but also all the latest Marvel movie news i was supposed to be on that but i was busy giving a lecture to harvard so sorry about that katie where can people find you you guys can find me on all social media and twitch at kt underscore christine also on popcorn talk networks the con guy on monday nights at nine or late night streaming on twitch for all your video game all you video gamers out there excellent to find you until next week everybody. excuse me fine you can plug your book you can plug your book but that's it I'm just going to insert myself. You can find me at Rachel Radner author on Instagram or all my books are on Amazon under Rachel Radner or at Rach Goodman on Twitter. Yeah, we, no one's going to find <laughs> you. And of course, I am Teron <laughs> Lily. I am Teron all across the board. I-A-M-T-H-R-A-N. And find me hosting and paneling on a slew of other After Buzz After Shows because all of your favorite TV shows are my favorite TV shows too. Until next week where we hope an LMD takes Rachel's place Christian's back. Katie's back. We will be back and we'll talk more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.